Hello, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy with your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. You can reach me at my socials at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Instagram and Twitter at Chef B-R-Y Comedy. And on Facebook now, I have a Facebook page called uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast. Uh, you could probably, uh, in the search column, do either Chef Bry Comedy or Surviving Empathy And today I want to talk about the six types of being an empath, energy and intention, and how to find balance and how to find ways to uh, enjoy your gift, you know, because it is a gift, um, it's a natural gift, but it's a gift nonetheless, and uh, later on you're going to see that uh, I talked about uh, if there's a community for empath that I would say it here now. And so if you go to empath.community, uh, you will find it there or just simply Google empath groups near you or empath groups and you will find all kinds of online and in-person groups if you're struggling as an empath. Uh, so let's get a nice beverage, buckle up. We're going to have a great time here. This was a fun one for me. And uh, yeah, let's get started. Well, hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. You can reach me at my social media sites at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y Comedy. And on my brand new Facebook page, uh, and you can reach that at Surviving Empathy Podcast. And uh, I, I would love to see you guys there. Um, we can talk more there. Uh, you can you can give me all your nasty advice and <laughs> nasty lowdown criticism. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but today, I want you guys to uh, start thinking about being. Are you an empath? If you think you might be an empath, this this is the one that you want to listen to. Um, I've talked about it a little bit before, and I feel like I might have upset some folks a little bit. Because uh, empaths are already sensitive. And even if you're not an empath, uh, and but you just think you're an empath, um, <clears throat> there's a good chance that you uh, are, are just sensitive, you know, and emotionally sensitive, or you just don't, you know, we, we human beings, we, we get up in each other's face. We don't always give each other enough space in our society. There's a lot of people in the world. And so you might not even be, consider yourself an empath. You might not even see yourself as an empath, or maybe you do. Maybe you just have always kind of known that you're intuitive or things get on your nerves a lot or things get to you a lot. Um, that's, that's what I'm here for is to kind of break it down to figure out what's going on there. And, uh, you know, the, a lot of people have dismissed uh, being an empath as pseudoscience or a bunch of, uh, you know, nonsense or malarkey as Joe Biden would probably say. Um, but no, it's not. It's not. You know, be, having intuition and being an empath is, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I upset some folks last time because I, I kind of, you know, mentioned the fact that some people probably might not be empaths just because they have a, a rich emotional life doesn't necessarily mean they're empathic. Um, and I also said that it isn't a magic power. I think a lot of people, they want... Uh, to feel special and they want, they want to feel empowered. And how can you feel empowered if the first thing you do is you go, you go over to Chef Bright Comedy is surviving empathy and he tells you that you're not special and you don't have a power. Hey, screw you, buddy. Take your, 
take your opinions and shove it up your ass, fella. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of Jim Gaffigan in there. Uh, but no, man, it, it, you are special and you do have a power. I was just trying to say that um, being an empath isn't magic, hocus pocus. Um, you don't have to be um, a psychic or a medium to, to have it. Um, in fact, I would say that it's probably all a matter of degree. And, and so human beings, you know, we have a relationship with each other. We have a relationship with ourselves, And we all have what I would consider uh, certain frequencies we pick up on, um, whether that be real radio waves or, or more just like energy and the vibrations. Um, we are all capable of sensing things. It's, it's our, it's, it's one of our, it's the sixth sense that they don't know about much and they don't talk about much. Um, but there is a physiology to that. And, uh, while I don't think there's enough, um, research being done into empaths and psychic mediums, um, you may not even believe in psychic mediums. And, you know, I, I come from the skeptical community. So a lot of the times the things I watch, uh, you know, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in, uh, ghosts. They don't believe in Bigfoot. They don't believe in telekinesis or any psychic abilities whatsoever. And, and you might be one of those people and you're just coming here to poke a little fun. Well, that's okay. You can, you can poke away. Um, no, because it, it's not, it's not as weird as all that. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's not weird to, to, to just kind of feel things and, 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 and understand, you know, you don't always know where they're coming from. And so I wanted to break it down, uh, the different types of psychic or excuse me, the different types of being an empath and, um, and then I'll go into my spiel about it. Um, so, so this, this website here, uh, says that there's six types of empath you should know about, uh, the emotional empath, the physical empath, the geomantic empath, the earth empath, the intuitive empath, and lastly, the animal empath. And uh, so this this starts out by saying an empath is someone who absorbs and feel others, people's emotions and or physical symptoms due to their high sensitivities. Consequently, this enables them to be excellent caregivers, friends and spouses. Moreover, their extraordinary ability to emphasize with all kinds of situations provides them with real superpowers. Hmm. I wonder where they're getting the power uh, thing from. No, it is a power. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just that it's natural. It's a natural thing we all have. And I, I, I personally believe, I sincerely believe that um, being an empath is, is no different than being anybody else. Um, it's kind of like, why do children see ghosts where humans don't? Why do children have such uh, sensitivity and fragility? And then old people, older people, I should say, uh, you know, have, have cut themselves off from that. And so I truly believe that that um, there are a handful of people that might have uh, biological increased likelihoods of being empaths and uh uh, and maybe even um, physical things that 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 you know uh, that that can uh, you know play a factor. You know, um, I was reading here. Let me find it. Um, uh, uh, do, 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 do. Let me find it, guys. See, I take notes. Um, <clears throat> uh, 
So they believe that uh, because these type of empaths are so in tune with their own inner state, they are able to view things from a broad perspective and identify links between cause and effect. Consequently, this helps them to understand the emotions and feelings of other people and helps them to understand their feelings. Uh, and then it, sh- it it was even talking here. Let me find it. Um, um, <clears throat> sorry, guys. Well, anyways, it was talking about your your um, different cells in your brain and things like that. And, you know, I bet you that you would probably find uh, biological differences between mediums, mediums and, you know, uh, and empaths <clears throat> from regular people. But I also tend to think that we're all there. We all have a part of it, you know, but there's so much we don't know about, uh, you know, the inner workings of, of, uh, of the human body, <clears throat> our energy, um, how the energy transfers. And that's where, you know, the paranormal comes into play as where does this energy go? How does it concentrate? How does it congregate? Is it real? Is it the entire part of you or is it just simply a, a manifestation of some part of you? You know, it's fascinating to contemplate and whether you believe in it all or not is is beside the point. Um, I, I do believe that that being an empath is, um, you know, the reason why there's different types of being an empath you know, because I've experienced all of these, all six of these at one time, you know, so let's go through them. Uh, the first one is uh, being being a, an emotional empath. Uh, the emotional empaths have the ability to physically feel the emotions of other people. In fact, it may seem as if their emotions uh, of others are contagious for uh, emotional empaths. And so I get that a lot. Um, I get this feeling that sometimes my mood feels like it swings very abruptly. And uh, I start taking on uh, people's usually angst or anxiety, uh, sometimes sadness. Uh, sometimes you, you, you literally take on the energy of the other person. So like if you're in the room with somebody who's like, notoriously quiet, notoriously shy or something, you might start to feel like that person. Um, that's what I kind of get sometimes. Um, you can be in situations where, um, like when I was at work, I used to be around people. I could tell people who don't like being around people, but they fake it. And to me, I could tell they were being fake, but I knew that they weren't fake people in real life. They just, they have a natural repulsion to being around people. And so being around you and you're trying to be in a good mood and they're sensing your energy and your energy, you know, even though empaths usually have a very grounded and uh, just a very lovable and kind energy. um, Sometimes when you're out there in society, you have to put on a mask, if you will, and you might even change your energy temporarily in order to uh, entertain yourself or to give yourself greater happiness or just to deal with the situation, you might put on a different air about you uh, just so that you can deal with it. And then others pick up on that and then they don't like you because maybe you're too, you know, excited or you're too positive or you're, you're you know, and you're just faking it. You're just trying to get through the day, man. But uh, you can sense the fact that they don't want to be around you and they keep you know, like stepping away from you, their body language. And, uh, you know, 
And that's the thing. You're like, is that person an empath? Um, the person I'm talking about that I'm thinking about, um, they would never in a thousand years think of themselves as an empath, you know, especially the, you know, the working class of Oregon, they're very socially conservative and uh, they don't, they don't believe in all that nonsense, you know? Uh, so this person probably would not come out as an empath ever. Um, but I do believe that he has it. Um, because I think we all have some ability to, to pick up on things and it just kind of, it, it doesn't always happen when we want or how we want. And that's why being an empath <clears throat> can be super unreliable because um, you want to be able to use it the way you see on TV, the uh, these, these uh, psychics and mediums, how they can use it and they can help police on investigations and whatnot. And sometimes it's just extraordinarily unreliable. It's like, man, I was hoping I could, you know, Get something from this, but rest assured you can, you can still learn from it. Um, it's just not always going to happen the way you want it to happen. And over time you begin to discern, Oh, I'm picking up on this person's energy. Okay. And, and other times, um, you, you sense their motives. Uh, other times you sense, Oh, there's something off about this person. You can tell when a person's a creep or maybe they've got something they're hiding, you know, uh, Serial killers, uh, uh, serial, uh, you know, sexual deviants. Uh, you you sense it right away. You just know something's off about that person, and it doesn't always necessarily make them a bad person. Um, well, unless you're a serial killer, of course, or serial rapist, or something disgusting like that. But I mean, I just mean um, you can have the energy of someone who uh, plays in that realm of, of deviant behavior. Um, there's a, there's a term called the dark empath. And, uh, I thought maybe I was that for a time, but I don't believe it to be true where you, you take on all these dark traits and emo traits and traits of, uh, uh, you love, you know, watching, you know, serial killer documentaries and you love the paranormal and, uh, maybe you just don't like people that much. And so there's dark empaths who pick up dark emotions um, and yet they do care about people. They may not show it, but they do care about people. Um, but they have their own uh, ways about them that are uh, very, you know, they usually look, you know, the, usually you can tell from uh, the punk rock hairdos or the, the black makeup or the uh, rock shirts or, you know, uh, they have a wild spirit. They're, they're trying to get people off their back. And so a lot of times they may look or appear in ways that are um, sort of anti-society, if you will, or, or sub subcultures of society. Um, it doesn't make them bad people though. And that's the thing, you know, being a dark empath doesn't make you a bad person. Um, See, and that's where, you know, being a different type of empath, you know, for me, you know, I believe if you have the gift, uh, you're going to feel it in different ways. Um, and, and yes, there are some people who are more naturally inclined to be one of the six categories of empath more than another. So for myself, um, you know, going through this list, um, I'm definitely an emotional empath for sure. Um, uh, a physical empath. So the physical empaths are empaths who feel and absorb the pain and symptoms of others. So uh, it even says down here, these uh, 
You learn how to ground yourself to protect your energy field. You set healthy boundaries and let go of pain from the past and from others. And you get rid of all these symptoms. Um, But as, as a result, you can feel ill and get labeled with panic disorders, pain, chronic depression, fatigue, and more. Um, I'm definitely that, um, I can feel stomach aches. I can get, um, you know, and I have a chronic, uh, pain condition. And oftentimes I wonder if my fibromyalgia is, you know, caused, uh, you know, do, is there a correlation between your physical symptoms and your emotional, uh, sy- sy- symptoms and, and is there a correlation between having fibromyalgia and being an empath? Uh, sometimes I tend to think yes, because if you're, if you have a pain condition, you're, you're sensitive, you're attuned to your physical health. And, uh, of course that can always, um, affect you physically and emotionally. And so I think your whole body is always going to be, uh, just a, a constant, uh, you know, reminder of, of your emotional health and your physical symptoms. And so, yeah, I think it's very possible that, that, that having a chronic pain condition or having uh, any kind of chronic illness uh, could play a factor in you being an empath. So, yeah, I think that's true. Um, this one says here, uh, what did it say? Where, where is that funny part I said? Uh, it said that you, uh, uh, one, one of the downsides of, oh, whoop, wrong part. Uh, let's see. Uh, it says that you, you, you might get uh, a zit from from a friend you know like so so people who break out in hives and rashes uh who who might have some kind of anxiety or panic disorder that that manifests as physical symptoms maybe you lose your hair um you know and that ties into what i was saying about the paranormal with uh being a, a poltergeist a poltergeist can instead of it being just a noisy ghost which is often the definition it you could also uh, the manifestation of, of anxiety uh, can can be a poltergeist as well. And so, um, you know, do empaths create energy around them? Is, is that energy uh, fill up in the room? And can it take on its own physical manifestation? You know, that's some out there stuff, but it, you never know, um, you know, because there are recorded cases uh, of poltergeist activity that are created by People, uh, often women, uh, often teen girls, but not always. Um, and that manifestation takes on a, literally a life of its own where it has a sentient, um, it can manifest as, as, a, as a ball of energy. It can manifest as a dark cloud or dark shadow. It can manifest as uh, movements in your house. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. But I just wanted you to, to, to kind of consider the fact that the paranormal uh, and energy and intention, uh, energy and intention, when you start thinking about energy and intention, um, that's when you start to really start to peel back the layers of human beings and the human psyche and the paranormal, because it's all always about energy and intention. And, and I, I sincerely believe that you may not love people, you know, you may, you know, claim to be a misanthrope or maybe you hate society or whatever, your counterculture, you know, um, but that doesn't mean that you're a hateful person or that you're mean to people. Um, you might just, that's a defense mechanism. You know, people who dress punk rock and wear their Doc Martens, color their hair bright colors and wear, you know, uh, you know, certain earrings and nose rings and things. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I, 
In fact, my wife does it. You know, um, I, I do my wife's hair. I color her hair purple and right now it's purple. Um, but so a lot of times people do that just for fun. A lot of people do it to, uh, to make a statement that, Hey, um, I have a very gentle inside. So I have a very abrasive outside, you know? Um, so there's always reasons for the way people express themselves. And I think that's a good thing. You know, you, you know, if you're bored with your hair, you're bored with the way you look, um, you should express yourself how you want to. So anyways, physical impasse. Uh, then we go into geomantic impasse. It says here, have you ever found yourself happy at a specific place without knowing why? You might be a geomantic empath. Geomantic empaths are empaths who have fine attunement to the physical landscape. Physical landscape such as a place or a specific environment. Moreover, these empaths find themselves happy, recharged, or incredibly uncomfortable uncomfortable in certain places with no apparent reason. In addition, geomantic empaths find themselves deeply connected to specific places and feel drawn to sacred places, such as churches or other spiritual environments. Geomantic empaths are very skilled at identifying the history of a place. They may pick up on the energies from events that happened at a specific place. Consequently, they can experience fear, joy, pain, or other emotions that a specific place is carrying. So, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's like being a medium, you know, when you're in a haunted house that has a lot of lingering energy, um, even if that energy isn't sentient necessarily, it could just be uh, old energy, you know, um, I myself, you know, I didn't get into my history and I will here uh, in, a, in a little bit about being an empath and, and how I how it all started for me. Um, but, yeah, you, your environment uh, is definitely... Um, you know, you might, maybe you feel yucky at school and it's not just because you have to read books uh, or maybe you're just around a lot of teenagers and, and young people who, uh, you know, are mean and, and cruel. And so you might pick up on that energy before anything's even happened. Um, so that's why a lot of uh, empathic uh, teens and children uh, have a tendency to be, you know, a little bit different, maybe a little bit more introverted sometimes. Um, oftentimes they might, like I said, be a little counterculture. They might look brash when really they're very, very um, sensitive and soft and, and lovely people. Um, so just before you judge a book by its cover, try to understand that everyone's trying their best. Uh, anyway, so so that's that. You know, you might get a special feeling in a church. You might get a, a creeped out feeling, like myself. Um, we used to go stargazing a lot, and there was a particular time where I, we were in the truck, and we were in the sleeping bag, and we were just looking up at the stars. We used to do that a lot uh, in the summer, <clears throat> and uh, all of a sudden, I just got this weird feeling, and it usually never happens, uh, and I was like, I get the feeling someone's going to be here soon. I just don't feel like we should be here anymore, and she goes, well, let's go, and uh, while I can't prove that anything bad was going to happen, um, several times in my life, you know, I... I get a bad feeling and then something happens. So, you know, I, I've learned to listen to my instincts with that. And that, that definitely goes into the whole part of being a physical empath or a, or a geomantic empath. Um, so, and then there's earth empaths and how that defers uh, an earth empath or empaths who are deeply connected with earth and all its natural powers, powerful waterfalls, sunbeams and moonlight can energize these types of empaths. Moreover, Earth empaths are able to sense Earth's changes, such as changes in weather, 
astrological changes and changes in, in oceans, tides. Uh, yeah. And, and so I, I get that too. Um, I have a very, uh, strong connection with the earth and the changing of the seasons. I sometimes the changing of the seasons and the different type of weather will, uh, put, put me in different kinds of moods. Uh, sometimes I'll just get excited for no reason. Sometimes I'll get depressed for no reason. And so, um, I definitely feel the change of the seasons. I feel the change of time when the, when we roll the clocks back or we move the clocks forward. Um, I, I change, I feel, um, a lot of changes. You know, I, I can sense a lot of times when, uh, there's going to be an earthquake. Um, animals oftentimes get that because they're much more in tune to the earth in that way and micro vibrations and such. Uh, so, so that's, I'm, I'm going to go about all of this at the end and tell you my thoughts on this, but for now, yeah, that's what that earth empaths are. And you might, you might have sensed that in yourself. Um, an intuitive empath, intuitive empaths are types of empaths who have a lot in common with emotional empaths. However, they are able to distinguish between their own feelings and those of others. Ah, so that's what I was talking about. Um, Due to the fact that they are so in tune with their inner state, they are able to understand which emotions, feelings, or pains come from their surroundings. As a result, they manage to create a protective field that enables them to separate themselves from other people energetically by choice. And that comes with time, you guys, you know. So, you know, you may start off as an energetic empath or an emotional empath. And then become an intuitive empath because as you learn, as you grow, as you learn how to block and learn how to filter, you, you start to learn the difference between your emotions and other people's emotions. And oftentimes this can help, help you in a lot of ways. Um, when you're around uh, bad people or, or people with bad motives, you know it right away. Um, and to a lesser extent, maybe you're just around people that are, um, just always sad or always in a bad mood, you know, or always negative, you know, so you, you can use this not only to help yourself get out of and separate yourself from other people's feelings, but you can also use it to, um, protect yourself. This is where blocking and filtering come in. And, um, it's hard to explain how I do that. Um, it, it, I really have to just psych myself up. Um, Again, I talk about in comedy and in radio, you have to sort of separate that sensitive side from your other side. And that's how I've learned to be tough. You know, I'm a fitness runner. I've, I was in the military. <clears throat> I was an EMT and I was a chef. And so I, you know, I've had to learn to separate myself from, uh, you know, my true self from the, the mask that I put on, if you will. And it's not that I'm being fake, you know, it's just that you have certain presets of yourself, you know, like, uh, you know, as a chef, I've had to learn, uh, well, and I'll get into this at the end here, but um, as a chef, I've had to learn to be tough and uh, learn certain ways of, of not being affected by your, your environment. <clears throat> because oftentimes being in a kitchen can be very busy and the hustle bustle can get to be uh, almost too much uh, often. In fact, it is too much for me uh, a lot of the time. And that's why uh, empaths have trouble being around lots of people. Uh, oftentimes, uh, big crowds make them anxious or nervous. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's uh, intuitive empaths. 
And then um, let me make sure I didn't earth empath. Okay, we got that. And uh, physical empath. And uh, okay, emotional. Okay, so I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Sorry, you guys. Um, okay, yeah. So number six, you're talking about an animal empath. Animal empaths are able to recognize what mental state an animal is in. As a result, they are able to positively influence the animal's behavior. Due to the fact that they understand the signals of the animals, they are able to be true animal whisperers. Um, these types of empaths feel deeply connected to animals and are often vegans or vegetarians and more drawn towards animals than people and experience rather often uh, and people. Uh, are more drawn towards animals than people and experience rather than often that animals come to them. Uh, so yeah, so, so being an animal empath, uh, I'm very much an animal empath. Um, I can always sense my, my animals discomfort, uh, or their dread or their anxiety. Um, you can just tell when they're distressed and, uh, a lot of veterinarians have this. Uh, we have a veterinarian, and there's a couple of them that are all very good, but there's this gentleman who is our doctor <clears throat> and you can see that he's about to cry when he gives you a diagnosis and uh, he's very gentle and uh, it makes me wonder if he's an empath or not. You know, I don't, I try not to talk about those kinds of things in public because, you know, it could weird people out and you get sidetracked and all that. But, but, but I'll bet you a lot of veterinarians are empaths and, um, and this kind of goes what, into what I was saying about being a chef is that I've had to learn to fabricate meat over the years. And I've been doing it since I was a child. My grandfather was a hunter. Uh, I've, I've cut deer. I've used saws before. And while uh, it is disgusting and I naturally hate it, um, I've, I've gut fish. I've, you know, fabricated meat and um, I am a meat eater and I do feel bad about it, honestly. Uh, because the truth is, is that I think cows are the most beautiful and loving and gentle creatures that that we could possibly see on this earth. They are absolutely beautiful, amazing creatures. And while <clears throat> I don't take preference, I love all the creatures. Um, cows, I have a special connection to uh, them. And so how do I eat meat? Well, um, truthfully, I feel bad about it, you know, and I've thought about becoming a vegan I've thought about becoming a vegetarian. Um, it's just very hard, you guys, to uh, complete a protein if you don't do it correctly. So, you know, I I always say you have to, in order to create a complete protein, you have to eat legumes with a carb. And so when you eat beans with rice, for example, you're completing that protein. And that's what's giving you um, a full plant protein that they can synthesize into brain cells and your muscles and things like that. And so if you don't do it correctly, you're not getting enough uh, protein in your body. And then you get cranky and you get lethargic and uh, you might start having um, emotional and physical health problems from that. And so while I'm not against veganism whatsoever, you got to do it right. You got to make sure that the science is sound. Um, I would recommend that if you can handle any kind of meat at all, um, if, if, if it just bothers you too much, I get it. Um, but if you can handle it, you know, I would try to be a pescatarian where they eat fish and you got it, you know, at least once a week or once every twice a week or so, try to eat some real meat if you can handle it. I know some people can't. Um, 
And uh, for me, you know, does it make me feel like a hypocrite? Um, sometimes, sometimes it does, um, because I'm very attuned to the emotional well-being of animals. Um, oh, I, I, you know, this is a great opportunity to tell you. Uh, we take care of feral cats. And one of them ran off and never came back. And uh, I call that going on walkabout. And then the other one, Blackie, uh, Mr. Black, as we call him, because um, he's black with a white patch on his chest. He's so cute. You might have seen pictures on Instagram. But uh, he came back. So he's coming back. You know, we have a guy out there working on our deck. And uh, I was afraid it was going to scare him off because he was already having problems because another cat was you know, like bullying him and it's what initially he he went away for two weeks and I, I thought he wasn't going to come back, you know, um, but he came back uh, every evening after uh, our, our worker uh, James is done for the day. He'll, he'll come up after everything's quiet and we'll feed him and pet him. And so, yeah, I'm very, very much in, in tune with animals. Um, when I go on walks, um, I used to talk to the horses, you know, and, the goats, we used to live out in the country down in California, and uh, I would talk to the, the animals and um, let them know my intentions were good. And oftentimes animals have a natural trust in me, um, and they, you know, they probably do for you as well if you're an empath. Um, you know, so so that's the thing about being different types of empath. Yes, I do believe that they really exist. Um, I just look at it like this. Like, I believe some people depending on your um, sensibilities, uh, you're just going to have different types of being in different type of empath based on your own uh, likes and dislikes and your own natural gift. Um, and so, but I don't believe that you're ever just one kind of empath. I believe sincerely that if you're an empath, you're probably all six or at least a few of these things. Um, because, you know, being, uh, taking on other people's emotions, um, not everybody does that. Uh, that's a very particular type of empath. And I get that sometimes. Um, thankfully I've learned how to block those things out. Um, a lot of times I do it, you know, you guys are wondering about technique of blocking and filtering. Um, I do it. I used to have, uh, anxiety and panic disorder, uh, way, way back in about 2006 and 2007, I was having a really bad episode of panic disorder. Um, later, I found out that it was because of the aspartame that I was consuming in my beverages. So I was able to figure out that there was a chemical precursor. It was a catalyst that was causing uh, my brain to malfunction. And uh, <clears throat> that doesn't mean you're not an empath still, you know, and so you think you're going crazy. You think you're going nuts. You're having mental health problems. You're having anxiety. And then, you know, you're crying in the bathtub for no reason, listening to it. Alanis Morissette, <laughs> true story. Uh, <laughs> but it's okay, you know, um, because being an empath is, uh, you're a very emotionally uh, deep person. Uh, you you have all these different gifts of, of clarity and uh, sensitivity. And uh, it doesn't make you a wimp. It doesn't make you... Uh, you know, as, as the guys say, a pussy. Um, <clears throat> and, but I do often feel that way. You know, I feel like a wimp when I try to show people my more sensitive side because, <clears throat> you know, as a guy, you're, no one's immune from wanting to be cool and hip and, you know, masculine. Everybody wants to be cool. 
Uh, everybody wants to feel cool in this society. So um, oftentimes, uh, most people, they'll put up a front uh, of some kind. It's a, I call it a, a mask or an energetic mask. Um, it's, you know, like, for example, my wife, um, I like being around her because she's energetically neutral, which means that I don't pick up a lot of her emotions unless she's having really severe anxiety. I start picking up on that and then I get mad at her for doing so. And then I have to say, why are you so anxious? Like, oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. It's like, you know, that, that always seems to be a, a, a catalyst for her, uh, her emotional state to, to get out of flux. Um, but yeah, being an empath, <clears throat> it's, it, it, it is special and it is unique. And I think most people have it. Um, but you may not want to admit it. Um, you know, you may not actually take on the other, the emotions of other people, but you sense the, um, discord and the dysfunction in our society. You may, you may get like a, a you know, a, a stick up your butt, if you will, about just certain things in your society that you just don't like. Uh, maybe you don't like being around people. Um, Maybe you just have a big problem with men, men these days, you know, women, you know, uh, a lot of women are very uh, sensitive and uh, very attuned to things. Um, they're more mature than men generally. And so a lot of women will just simply blanket, you know, cut men off from their life. Not that they're, you know, they might be gay and that's okay if they are, but it's not about their sexuality. It's, it's that. Men have been, you know, oogling over women since the dawn of man. And uh, I think women get tired of being thought of as sexual beings, you know, or at least only sexual beings. And so uh, as a part of their uh, sexual health, as a part of their sexual identity, um, they've had to learn to to um, protect themselves from males, especially men who um, might just energetically, they can't help themselves being sexually attracted to women. Um, and so men, I would, I would, I would ask you guys when you're around women, especially, um, to be more sensitive. If you want to get into a woman's heart, you want to get into her pants, so to speak, uh, <laughs> you know, actually care about them, actually care about their, their, their emotional health. Um, that's why I get mad sometimes that my mom is that, um, she, um, she, she's, she's not insensitive, but she, she, she loves her routine. She's a slave to her routine because she has fibromyalgia like myself. Um, and, and sometimes like she's not passionate enough because she's, she's all about her, her everyday life and routine. You know, at this time I take my medicine at this time I make dinner at this time I watch my TV shows and she goes to bed at the same time. People need routine because it helps them uh, stay on track and it helps them get, get a sense of uh, comfort and, uh, control over their life. And so I'm not against that in and of itself, but just be careful that you're not, um, that you're not, that you're, you know, make sure you're still living your best life. You know, I, you know, my mom, I want her to vacation more. Um, she says she doesn't have the money, but I, I believe she could go away a couple times a year and really go have a good time, go to Seattle, go, go enjoy this world. Life is so incredibly short. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, when people's energy isn't like your own, it's easy to get offended. It's easy to get bent out of shape. And so, you know, that, my mom and I, you know, we sometimes don't get along, but um, there's always love there and we always make up <clears throat> and we go long periods of time where nothing happens. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, like yesterday we had a minor blowout and, uh, and I got upset because, you know, <clears throat> she, she likes to tell you good night and she likes to, 
you know, tell you dinner's ready and things like that. And <clears throat> while I'm fine with that, I was right there. Like, I know dinner's ready. I helped cook it, right? <laughs> so, so it's just generational differences. So give your folks a break, you know, you guys. Um, they're, they're good people. They don't mean anything. Um, but, but energy differences, you know, it's, it gets real easy, you know, especially when you're at the workforce and you're tired and you've been working too much and you're fatigued and you're trying to put on a a show of, of confidence. And, uh, you know, you're trying to appear, um, legitimate and, and functional. And so oftentimes you'll put on this front or this air or this energy of, of, sophistication or, or know-how. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just make sure that you're not closing yourself out off too much. I said it before, if, when you close all the doors, uh, you, you, you miss the opportunity to, uh, feel and sense the good in life and to grow as a person. And so women, I don't blame you for cutting off that, that bad energy from males. Um, but I, uh, you know, but it's like the old Nirvana song, you know, I'm so horny, but it's okay because my will is good. You know, not everybody who gets horny is is looking to perv on anyone. Nobody, you know, having sexual thoughts, being getting in the moods, if you will, is not in and of itself a bad thing. Uh, it's just that, you know, the energy could be wrong. So make sure you're coming correct, guys, and women who uh, feel the need to protect themselves from males out there, which is probably most of you, um, just kind of understand that not all males just because they're attracted to you or they they express their sexual energy a certain way it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad people so just give them a chance men try to act you know behave yourself women women are very intelligent women are very uh mature and um they they're sophisticated and they're they're nuanced and they have a rich emotional lives in most cases uh, so just, you know, try to match that, try to keep up. Uh, you're never going to be smarter than a woman. Believe me. Uh, you're never going to be uh, better than a woman, honestly. <laughs> um, and that, and that's why, you know, um, in our politics, you know, uh, I don't understand, you know, the white male insecurity out there, you know, they're insecure of women, they're insecure of uh, black people and brown people. Um, and not, not all of them, of course, you know, and I don't want to generalize. <clears throat> but, but, you know, intent is everything. So if you have the intent to hurt people, it's, it's, it doesn't take long, you know, like when I'm in a bad mood, um, you know, people can feel it right away. Um, I make enemies very quickly because I'm sometimes I'll make snap judgments or I, I, I blow my top, you know, so I, I've tried very hard in the last few years to learn what, what it is that sets me off and why and uh, what my insecurities are and why and to grow and to feel and to empathize with others because, you know, I think the reason why people are so upset at others is because, you know, they're, they're, they're mad at them or they're jealous or they're insecure of their, their own, uh, sense of self. And so, um, men and women of all kinds of all ages, uh, make sure you're, you're, um, being good, that your intentions and your energy is 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 one of helpfulness. I I personally um, try to embody uh, an energy, if you will, of helpfulness. Um, I like to think of myself as a soldier slash boy scout. Um, I was the guy always that uh, if women got too drunk, you know, I never took advantage of them. I, you know, I've even carried women up the stairs and put them in bed and 
got their wallets out and put everything in its place so that they saw when they woke up that nobody had stolen anything. Nobody tried anything funny. Um, yeah, because men, we have a responsibility in this world to, to make sure that women feel safe and secure and not just safe and secure, um, and not just to pander to them, but women are special and unique individuals. Um, and so can men be. So, you know, it's, it's not necessarily always about sex or, or, or your gender. Um, it's about your intention. Uh, if your intentions are pure and you have good energy, um, try to share that as often as you can. And once you're happy and comfortable with yourself, it, you don't have to fake it anymore. It's just there naturally. A nice, relaxed energy about you. My grandfather had that. He just had this relaxed, you know, he's my Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was just always ever omnipresent and ever relaxed. He never blew his top. He never got um, overexcited like I do. Um, and so that's what I try to do is try not to be overly excited about things. Um, but yeah, being an empath, it's, it's a trip, man. It's a trip. And if you think you're an empath, um, you, you might want support. Um, you know, I quit drinking on my own. Um, I started running on my own. Um, I've always been able to manage my own, uh, mental health problems, but, uh, that's not to say that I haven't tried therapy in the past and it can work. So if you're having trouble, uh, reach out to somebody, you know, if you're, uh, no matter what it is, you know, if you, if you have dr uh, substance abuse issues, make sure you reach out to the right groups. Um, some groups might work better for you than others. Um, I know AA takes a sort of a, you have to believe in God approach. And if you're not religious or you don't believe in God, um, that's okay. There are secular ways to do it. Um, uh, there's a recovering from religion that will allow people to, Learn to find spirituality without uh, the added uh, guilt and shame of losing, you know, uh, you know, because a lot of times these people are excommunicated from their religion. And so it's not about being hateful. Um, people who don't believe just sometimes they they have to take back the, their own life and their own spirituality, because oftentimes when you've been in religion too long, um, you, you just always feel guilt and shame and you feel like you're always breaking the rules. And so just, you know, if you're religious, that's okay. You know, I believe whatever works for you is, is fine and good. Um, just make sure that if you're ever having problems with your religion or substance abuse, or, um, uh, you know, maybe you have a, a neurosis or some kind of thing, you know, uh, identify it and, and, and you don't necessarily have to reach out unless you feel like you have to, but if you're an empath, uh, there are, I don't know if there are groups or not. Um, if there are, I will add it in my intro. Okay. So when I, at the very beginning of this, when I introduce the show, uh, I will try to find, uh, groups and, and counsel for empaths who are recovering or trying to learn what it is, um, that they're dealing with. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a trip. It's a trip. You guys, um, human beings, we're social creatures, so we learn to get along in the society. And ever since we're a little baby, uh, we we learn social skills. We learn to communicate with each other. Um, oftentimes, um, that leads to weird roads because we learn sometimes to uh, not like each other, or we think that uh, people are superior to us. Or oftentimes, we're we're just automatically put in a position of inferiority or. Maybe you work a job and you've been working for 18 years or 15 years or 12 years or whatever. 
Um, you might have started taking on this, like, I don't feel empowered anymore. So make sure that you take back your own sense of strength and your own sense of worth, um, whether you're an empath or not. Um, just be be good to people. Uh, make, make sure your energy is good. Um, being a human being and having flaws and faults um, is normal. Um, and that's what being a progressive is all about. It's about best practices. It's about admitting that you have a sexual identity, that you have uh, um, feelings um, that are emotional and sexual in nature, um, but healthy, healthy ways of, of, of being yourself and expressing yourself and expressing your sexuality in ways that are socially acceptable. Um, but yeah, being an empath is a trip, but I sincerely believe at the end of the day, uh, that being an empath is is all about um, a natural intuition and connection to energy, and that can take on many different forms. And so I believe that if you're uh, an empath, you're probably all of these types of empaths at one time. Oh, and that reminds me. Yeah, I had a story. Uh, I wanted to tell you that how this all came about. So when I was a kid, um, the first thing I, I noticed is that I was having dreams and I was dreaming about plane crashes and they were awful and they made me very upset and I would cry. I was about seven or eight years old and I, I would later find out on the news or from my mom that there was a news story that there was a plane crash and oftentimes um, I would get flashes or images of the people and uh, it was very upsetting. Um, that's That's the first thing I started taking on. Um, and then it got to a point where it almost became a parlor trick where my mom would have, you know, the, the thrifty employee, uh, show a bunch of lottery tickets and I'd choose the winners and, uh, three out of three ain't bad. I do that with fair regularity. Um, and that's how I thought at first, like maybe I was, um, you know, a, a, a medium or a psychic. Um, but as I got older, um, I kind of, Drifted away from that for a long time. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, there's a story. Um, oh, gee, I'm, I'm forgetting what it was. Uh, let me take a sip here, you guys. I, I really want you to know this story. Um, but, oh, so 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 as a child, yeah, just being a child, I, I was developing my connection, if you will, to, um, to energy. And understanding energy, um, uh, I always found myself um, being um, gravitating towards gentle people and people who are kind and decent. Um, and oftentimes, if you're around uh, rugged people or unfair people, um, you have a natural desire to get away from those things. Um, but being an empath is no joke. Uh, it's not pseudoscience. Um, I believe that it's, you know, it's, it's extension and it's, it's an ex biological extension of, of, uh, your natural, uh, fight or flight response. You have all these, um, organ systems in your body and nerves and nervous system, uh, that, that can create a, a huge sense of awareness. And so they, they call it a sixth sense, but that can, uh, you know, that can basically be a catch all term for many different things. Um, human beings, uh, just can know things. Uh, for me, oftentimes I know things without knowing how I know them. Like, I don't remember reading about that. How do I know about that? And so that happens sometimes. 
Um, but it's all about being connected to that, that ether, if you will, being connected to, uh, the energy out there. Um, if you, if you learn to accept yourself and you learn to meditate and learn, uh, ways of getting away from the negative portions of emotions that you're feeling as an empath, um, you can then learn blocking and filtering, um, Oftentimes, the way I do it is just by being a stronger person. I just tell myself to to ignore it, and um, I get excited. I get passionate. I I learn to be a better person, and as I empower myself in my personality, um, it tends to um, sort of uh, the other things tend to fade away over time. Um, so, being an empath, it's not easy, um, and you may be having problems with it. So, reach out to people if you can. Um, but yeah, there's six different types of being an empath. And I sincerely believe that at one time or another, you've been all or some of those. Um, oh, oh, yeah. When I was, when I was, uh, in my, uh, teens, um, I would sit, I gave my mom a calla lily <clears throat> and I would take good care of it. And, um, it was for Mother's Day and this calla lily would grow. And I would watch the dew form. You'd water it, and then you could watch drops of water form on the uh, the petals of the calla lily. It was beautiful, and I could sit there literally for an hour and just stare at it and feel connected to it and sense sense its energy and sense its um, just beauty. And uh, so, a lot of people can sense uh, energy in animals and uh, trees. You can sense the energy of a place like uh, perhaps it, it's a religious place or maybe there was a battle there or maybe uh, there was Native Americans there and there's, there's a rich history there. Um, but being an empath, it helps you become a better person because uh, it helps you um, to instead of pushing feelings down, that's the worst thing you should ever do is push your feelings down, but to understand your feelings and learn how to take your frustration, take your sadness, take your despair and angst and compress it into something, you know, and, and let that energy, you know, sort of go. And then you'll, you'll start, once you start finding, um, you know, ways of, of being more, uh, energetically, uh, uh, in control, uh, you're going to find that you can manipulate that energy any way you wish. Um, it can make you a very powerful person energetically. And uh, once you have a mastery of your own energy and the energy of those around you and the energy of the world that's coming to- into you and the energy of, of the universe, um, you can really take control of your life. And so that's what I have today. Um, I want to thank you all, um, whether you're an empath or not. I want to thank everybody, all of my audience on Instagram and now on Facebook at uh, surviving empathy podcast. Um, you can reach me at all of my socials on, um, chef Bry comedy. That's chef B R Y comedy on Instagram and Twitter. I'm looking to build up my Twitter. So please guys, I know I got a lot of friends on Instagram. Thank you, but I need you guys to do one, go one step further. I need you guys to, um, become a friend of mine, uh, on Facebook at chef Bry comedy slash surviving empathy podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, go on to my Twitter, uh, like me there. Um, I'm trying to build my Twitter audience and, uh, 
I am here as a comedian, as a writer, as a voice actor, but I'm also here just as a person and humanitarian. So I'm here for whatever. I'm not a trained psychologist. So just take that in mind. These are just my opinions. And, uh, but I really, really energetically want you guys to, um, enjoy a life of abundance, enjoy a life of, uh, of, of greatness. Um, uh, be humble, be a good person, uh, like Barry and, Ser- Bailey Sarian says she's a YouTuber that talks all about uh, serial killers <laughs> while she does makeup tutorials. It's awesome. Um, she uh, says, make good decisions. And that's how you make good decisions is what's going to decide whether you feel better tomorrow. Because when you make a host of a series of bad decisions, you feel bad energetically. So when you, whenever you uh, make just little decisions that help you stay healthier, um, or fit or whatever. Um, just, it doesn't have to be extreme. You guys, it's never about extremeness or extremity, um, or extremism rather. Um, it's about, you know, taking the little steps every day that, that cumulatively don't seem like much, but over time amount to a lot. That's what energy and intention is all about. When I was a massage therapist, I'll, it's story for another time. Um, I learned that, that energy, and energy healing and massage and Reiki and all those things. Um, it's all about intention. And so when your intentions are good, um, chances are um, you're going to put out the right vibe and you're going to have a better and easier life. And uh, I believe my success is, is really going to hinge upon my uh, acceptance of myself and my acceptance of you and others and, and just uh, getting right with yourself and getting right with the universe uh, energy and intention is everything. So I thank you guys for another episode. Um, that's two in the can for this week. Um, I will hopefully be back next week. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, but I thank you guys so very much of every country, of every nationality. Uh, you guys are just the sweetest, kindest, most gentle souls in the world. And I thank you for not judging me. I try to make a habit of not judging any of you. Um, because honestly, a variety is the spice of life. And so just be a good person, make good decisions, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.